0: Hello and welcome to the 602 Club Track FM's local watering hole. So excited to be here for you for the last time this year, and uh, we've got a, I think a great show for you tonight as uh, or today or whenever you're listening, uh, because we're going to be uh, diving into one of the Marvel Netflix shows um, and. Anybody who's kept up with the news recently knows a few of those shows have been canceled, and this is one of them. We're going to talk about Iron Fist Season 2 and if it found a way to be better than Season 1. And so I have wrangled my good friend, Christy Morris,
1: to help me do this. How's it going, Christy? I'm here. I'm back. And I waited to talk to you about this for tonight because it just blew my mind in so many ways. But I was like, no, we have to save it for telling all of the other people. So I wanted to hear yes. your save it for the show. First reaction.
0: So I'm I'm excited to to talk about this one. And I you know, I wouldn't have thought that I would have been, especially after the first season, but this one may be a little bit different. So I am excited to dive into it. But before we do that, for the last time this year, of course, you know, don't don't forget, you know, if you listen to the 602 club, wherever you listen, go ahead and subscribe. That way you get the show whenever we drop it. As soon as I drop a show, you'll get it if you're subscribed. So, um, again, wherever it is that you listen, make sure you subscribe to the 602 Club. If you are subscribed or listening on Apple Podcasts, give us a star rating and review. That really does help people find the show. And in fact, um, it's it's one of the best places to 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 do that because it really does help the show grow. Um, it, it many people still get their podcast. Most people, actually, when you look at the numbers, still get their podcasts from itunes or uh, apple Podcasts or one of the apple services so it really does help us out if you review us there uh and of course you can find us all over the place uh, we're on twitter at trek fm facebook at facebook.com slash trek we're uh over there on the web at trek.fm and we've got the listeners only discussion group that's actually found on facebook um if you type babel into the search field on facebook you'll find us Or maybe you're on the website, any of the show pages there. Uh, Hit discussion on the menu bar and that will let you right in. Uh, And then, you know, maybe you decided, hey, I would love to send you an email. So uh, you can do that. I love getting emails on the show. It's been a while since we've had one. Go over to trek.fm slash contact, choose a show, choose the 602 Club, and then I'll get that email and a host that was on that week, and we could talk to you about whatever it is that you're really excited about. So I really hope that you'll do that. Um, Now, Christy, I wanted to ask you, so uh, for you coming into this season of Iron Fist, uh, what were you thinking? Were you excited about it? Were you not excited about it? Where were you um, with that with the show itself? Like, uh, was it a show that you liked or yeah? What did you think?
1: So I'll tell you, I was watching through all of the Marvel Netflix shows um, and had already seen the first season of defenders before I saw this season of iron fist. And I was really sour before I came into season two of iron fist because I, like you probably heard a lot of people um, were pretty disappointed with the first season. Um, I felt like it, Everything was very predictable and just not really exciting and interesting to me. Like Daredevil really was at the top of my list, um, along with the Punisher and then Luke Cage. And as you know, I love Jessica Jones so much that I dressed up as her. (laughs) So um, Iron Fist just really left me wanting until we got to episode three of season two. And then I Mm. felt like it suddenly changed took a turn and hooked me and i was curious if you felt the same
0: uh you know i think most people uh if you've listened to the show um (laughs) you know uh that i wasn't a huge fan of of uh the original uh, uh, series uh it you know iron fist is is probably one of uh, yeah just the least of all of them up to this point really and so I was coming into this one, I was like, okay, hmm, I don't know, and you know, the thing that actually kind of turned me around on thinking maybe this will be good is the fact that he was in Luke Cage. Right. Uh, and in Luke Cage Season 2, he was actually a really interesting character, and he, it seemed like they had calmed him down as a character, and uh, they had, had really worked on the characterization of him, and okay by that I was encouraged. I thought, okay, maybe they've kind of learned their lesson from season 1 and found a way to make this guy a little bit more interesting and um you know also one that just felt more centered, you know. Right. <laughs> um which is funny when you talk about a character who's all about chi. Yeah. Uh he who yeah. So I came into the season hoping it would be better and I I can hardly say um that it is definitely 100% better than the first season. Amen. <laughs>
1: so,
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it really is. It, I feel like it's a complete 180 from from almost all the criticism I have of the first season don't exist for this season. And that's re- that was really good.
1: Yeah. It, I felt like the biggest difference to me in season two was that he had a reason behind everything he was doing finally before it felt like, you know, the big joke, I guess among at least me and all my friends was he constantly said, I'm the immortal iron fist. But you, (laughs) if you don't know the character from anything prior, then you're going, okay, what does that mean? And that's where I was. And, you know, okay, it's about your chi, whatever. But you know, this season was when they finally went deeper into his roots and how he came to be the Iron Fist and then this whole back and forth between him and Davos Um and, and that gives a character so much more weight and you know more interesting plot to follow than just don't worry about that this is who I am
0: yeah I, I felt like
1: everything
0: and I think part of it too was that season uh, two only has 10 episodes instead of 13 mm, yeah and uh, I think that that one of the, the best things about the season is that I... And it happens with, I think, every Marvel show that I've seen. There's always that one episode where you're like, nothing really happens in this episode. Why am I watching it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I I personally didn't feel that w- with this season where I was like, why am I watching this episode? What does this have to do with anything that's going on? You know, I feel like you could do this much quicker. Yeah. I mean, and, and so that was a really... I think that was a key, that I was enjoying watching every episode instead of spending some of the episodes, uh, especially many times in the middle, where you're just like, oh, I don't get what's going on here in the sense of, like, why am I actually watching
1: this? Right, like they're trying to, script writing-wise, trudge their way through something to get to something else they wanted to do, and you're going, yeah, but you lost me in the middle. Mm -hmm
0: yeah yeah or it just feels like something that that's being drawn out so much you kind of get that sense of of like um uh, when Bilbo talks about being butter spread over too much toast <laughs> like yeah. that you're you're just real it's really thin here, like why you could have added bits and pieces of this episode into other episodes uh and found a more concise way to do this, and you wouldn't have hurt anything mm-hmm. and I think this season. Every episode really did a good job of just kind of building on the next episode and every episode felt like it was legitimately necessary to the story plot. Like if you were to pull one out, you'd be like, oh, why is that happening? But mm-hmm. here, every episode smartly seems legitimate as something needed for the story. And that that is something that I don't know if I can say that, any of the shows had really done up this point where I felt like every episode was was kind of needed and that's that's a I mean for me to say that about Iron Fist, yeah, I think is yeah impressive
1: and i I will say I think with Danny especially you know I mean as the the central character and everything I noticed a lot more how he changed than anyone else um i I felt like he like I said in the last season was really just doll didn't have much of a backstory told yet. And then he was starting this relationship with Colleen. And I felt like that was a little too cheesy and just a a very predictable way of going into a character story. But in this season, it felt like they finally said, okay, we need to, to tell more about where he came from, what his motivation is, why being the Iron Fist matters to him. And then you get that complete 182 at the end where he says, I feel like this whole time I was fighting to keep the Iron Fist just because I liked the power, not because it actually meant something to me. And I didn't expect that.
0: Yeah, I I heartily agree with you. The, the fact that you really gave uh, this character something that... Uh, some real depth, you know, and and the fact that you would be having this conversation about uh, wielding power of this magnitude, like what does it mean to be a normal human and then get powers like this? How does that mess with you? You know, and I think uh, it's it's an interesting thing because in Luke Cage season two, I think we see that character kind of go the opposite direction uh, when you you see him using his powers maybe in a way that aren't so great. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 feeling like he's legitimately should be using his powers this way. Whereas with with Danny here, you really get somebody who's questioning themselves, questioning their motivations, questioning whether or not they should be they should have this power at all. Yeah. And I think that's really impressive for the character because he was so arrogant and so obnoxious in the first season mm-hmm. whereas this season he's he's learned he's he's a character who's learning the lesson that he should have had, you know, years ago and finally he's he's being self-reflective and and taking a look at his own life. And I really just appreciate that because, you know, the question of having this type of power, any kind of power, and whether that goes to your head and how you deal with it and and, um, whether you do it with humility or um, you do it with arrogance, you know, and the fact that Danny can actually say, no, I don't deserve this power right now because I'm not handling it well. Mm -hmm. That's a great character. Uh, arc and its great character growth for a character I couldn't stand in the first season.
1: Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the arrogance because I think that was also a huge turnoff. When someone can't admit that they have flaws, it feels so forced in your face all the time of, I'm the immortal Iron Fist and I'm so amazing and there's nothing I can do wrong. You're just sitting there going, oh God, shut up. (laughs) You know, and it, Mm -hmm. it just felt like he really changed for the better and learned how to admit that he had flaws and grow um and see you know i think too it was cool seeing the juxtaposition of him and davos as sort of two people looking in the same mirror but seeing different results or yeah you know like seeing something different in themselves than the other person did
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. No, I, I think you're 100 percent right, uh, because there there is that mirror of, of Davos and Danny where uh, both characters want they want this power mm-hmm. um, and they want to be wielding it. Um, And they want but they want to do it for different reasons. And the one thing that and the thing that Danny can do, aside from Davos, is is actually sit back and question whether or not the way that he's using the power and his desire for it are actually a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's the thing that's so fascinating uh, about this character. And I think it's a really important question when we think about um, the idea of just today in general. Uh, you know, how we use power, what we do with it, um, and all of those kind of things. They're really good questions, and, and it's one of the ways in which I think comics can help us kind of look at our lives in, in a way that we might not think about, and, and how do we use the power that we have, you know, and what do we do with it, and, and all of those kind of things. its It's a very important question, and I really like that Danny struggles with it here. And I think... It's a it's an it's an interesting solution that he comes to, which is is, you know, seeing that he should pass on this power at this moment to somebody who believes deserves it more and will do more with uh, do what is right with the power. And what's fascinating to me is the way that, you know, when you look at Danny um, giving it to Colleen, you know, Colleen had already she'd already been on the process. She'd been down the path that Danny's starting on now which is to give up this power where she had given up her katana you know and she had stopped um she has stopped uh, going out with danny she had stopped doing that you know she had really spent a lot of time reflecting on who she is and what she wanted to do and how she wanted to help uh, the neighborhood and so it, it i thought it was interesting that we we see her at the tail end of that, and that's why she finally decides to take the power, and why Danny decides to give it up. Because it's it's almost like they're on similar paths, but she's she's ahead of him. And I thought that was really kind of interesting to watch that juxtaposition between those two and where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it it makes sense too why you know um, at the end of the season Danny goes on a quest to kind of like find himself with Ward and Colleen stays at home and does what Danny was going to do. Um, And that really, I think works very well. And it also makes sense of kind of maybe why at this point, they're not going to, they wouldn't necessarily be in a relationship. I mean, you know, because they're not in the same place yet. Um, Right. And I think, you know, if we ever get some sort of resolution to the story with some sort of season, three or something somewhere i think it would be really interesting to see how this all ties back in and and especially with the character of danny and where he goes i mean because spoiler alert the end of the season the very end is kind of a shocker um when he's controlling
1: iron fist guns it was a shocker but it was also shockingly bad (laughs) Because the thing is, the whole point right before that was that Colleen received all of the power of the Iron Fist. So then, you know, he wasn't supposed to be able to have any powers anymore at all. And so it didn't really make sense that then there, you know, he and Ward are together over in Asia somewhere and suddenly he can summon it and, you know, split bullets or whatever.
0: Well, and so, and that I was, I was reading um, that there is a character in the Marvel Comics who has been able to do that, who is once the Iron Fist. Okay. And could channel his chi through his guns. And we actually see, you know, Colleen uh doing that. Um and so uh and with her katana, mm-hmm. you know. So I think it's very interesting that Danny has kind of th- there's a there's a lot of Marvel history that actually goes into this. Mm-hmm. Um and I'm actually really fascinated to see how they move forward with it. Be- and if they do, because it's really, I mean, there, there's a lot that they can do here. And they're actually doing some things that the comics have never done. Um, And that's really cool.
1: Yeah, something like that, uh, that my husband pointed out to me that I ha- didn't know because I hadn't read the comic was that them bringing in the mask.
0: Yeah. Just little that, hints you know, here and yeah. there. And in fact, there is this whole, and I'm not a Marvel expert, but I did read a little bit, and there is this whole connection between the story with the uh, the character that had the guns in the comic, and the, the story about the pirate that we hear with Colleen and everything, that all does flow together. Okay. It does seem like they were going to take a mixture of all of that, and kind of, you know, like, you know, you do on a TV show, you do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and... That would be, again, That it's kind of fascinating because one thing that they do do in this season that they've never actually done in the comics is give the Iron Fist to Colleen. Mm-hmm. So that her story, I mean, where we're, where we're taking her story is somewhere they haven't even gone in the comics, which I want more of Colleen's story now. I want to see what happens.
1: Uh, yeah, she was my favorite character from this season. And it, it's funny because Michael and I got into a heated argument about it. I'll say debate. Heated debate um, where, you know, it it felt like he was looking at my point of view going, I don't see how they could take away the Iron Fist from the Iron Fist, you know, and and who then would you give it to and not really feeling like Colleen was the right person or the most deserving person. But Mm -hmm. from where I was sitting, it felt like, Oh, she was the Iron Fist I wanted and didn't know I wanted until they told me mm-hmm. she was going to get it. And th- that, like you said, it felt like she was preparing unknowingly to take on the responsibility because she had put down her katana and realized that she, again, had flaws and needed to, you know, center herself and get back to what matters. Um, and so then she would be ready to defend the city of you know, wherever they live instead of the Iron Fist defending Kun because it's gone,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I felt like it worked. Yeah, Well,
0: and, you know, I think for the most part it works as well. One, because it is something you don't expect, right? right. You do not expect them to take away the Iron Fist from the Iron Fist. So I, in, in that sense, I, I see what Michael, your husband, is saying. Um, and But at the same time, what I think makes it fascinating is that you really can't tell a story that you know people don't know. You know, this is the fun about, you know, taking comics and turning them into television is you 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 take what's been done in the comics and you you take everything that's been done in the comics and you kind of switch it around and you make something new. Um, and you make something different. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the thing that really fascinates me is that that they have that opportunity, and they really took it, that opportunity here. Um, And, uh, you know, I think... I think Colleen has always been a standout character in this this series. Mm -hmm. You know, she was the character that I actually really enjoyed the most, I think, in season one. And so uh, to have her here... Get the Iron Fist, um, you know. To me, that's really exciting. Like because I want, I I want her story to be more than just like I I want it to be more than just oh I'm the girlfriend of um I'm the girlfriend of the Iron Fist. You know, um, I I feel like she deserves more than that yeah. because she's a good she's a really good character, and again this just creates a story to which they, I don't know because, you know, I can't just go read up online exactly what they're going to do. Right. Cause they went in a totally new direction. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So to me, I find that really exciting. And so, yeah, I, you know, really excited to see where they end up going then, um, with the rest of, um, you know the rest of of the series, if they ever do anything with it, you know, um yeah, I just nice. I, who knows if they will so
1: and I did feel like too with her the the other thing that made me excited was that they gave lore behind her story of becoming Iron Fist then as well, you know the the mm-hmm. whole thing about how her parents had always told her this story about the pirate. Um, and then it becoming the pirate queen and everything. I, I love that they mm-hmm. suddenly turned it into that's what the box was about and that, you know, that's actually supposed to be her. It's, it's sort of like watching Hook again for the first time where you figure out who's Peter Pan, you know. I love that.
0: Hmm. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Um. I think it it's just a really exciting place to be in. And I liked, you know. The way that in the season, Colleen was somebody who um, was was struggling with her her place and and, and and the fact that what she was doing, you know, the way that she was helping out the neighborhood and working, she had stopped teaching. You know, she had stopped uh, uh, doing those kind of going out with with Danny. And put herself in a place where she's supporting the community through the community center she's working at and and really working towards that. And it's that moment where Danny asks her to train him where things begin to change and she sees that, you know, she could do more. And then the question that Danny has uh, to her about, you know, um, whether or not she would take on the mantle of the Iron Fist from him uh as he's asked i think you know it, 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 it again you get a character arc here that is i wasn't expecting and mm-hmm. uh, to me that was one of the things that really made this a strong season because there were things happening that i i i wouldn't have called coming
1: yeah and i will add to that um when Misty comes back, I wasn't expecting either, and for me at least, that was a pleasant surprise because I loved her and Luke Cage. And that's an interesting
0: thing because you know um, we know the Iron Fist has been canceled, um, and you know she uh, and um, the the Night and Wing, the Night Wing time to team up mm-hmm. that they actually make fun of with the oh that's a good name. uh it, they have this the this group together the Daughters of the Dragon. So you could get a series where it's, you know, they they could do two new series where they branch off and it's the Daughters of the Dragon and then Luke Cage and Iron Fist together because I think they have a team up as well. So um, that would be fascinating, honestly. That would be a really cool thing to see them to kind of branch off and, and maybe do that because I do like both of those characters and them working together is really fun.
1: And all of the fighting, I I thought the fighting was some of the best like martial arts and training and everything that I've seen in a TV show in a while and they had good background music to go with it to keep you amped up. I I just, that made me respect Colleen and Misty even more. I will say the part where I out loud yelled, oh, was when one of the Crane sisters jumps on her motorcycle to ride off, and Misty clotheslines her with the robotic arm. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> that was great. That looked like that a wrestling awesome.
1: move; like it hurt. No, I I one
0: hundred percent agree with you. I, you know, I think the uh, one of the things that they really did better this season was the fight choreography because the first season was so over the top; it didn't feel real. It didn't. It didn't feel right like more matrixy um, and <laughs> yeah well but in a really bad cheesy kind of way mm-hmm. this the fight choreography this season I think was so much more visceral it was so much better um the fights were actually really interesting I really appreciated the work that they had put into it and I think it 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 changed my perspective just on the show in general because when they got into a fight it wasn't like oh here we go again it was like okay, what are they going to do this time? I felt like right. in each fight, it was kind of a little bit different too. And they just, it was well done choreography. And you need that in a show about the ultimate fighter, you know, because yeah. that's what the Iron Fist is supposed to be is the the ultimate fighter.
1: Yeah, it was incredible. And I, and I think having the three Crane sisters versus Misty and Colleen was just awesome. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, it's... I, the the risks that they took here, the way that they, they did the, the different fight scenes, you know, each one had kind of its own feel to it, which was great. So just really appreciate the hard work that they put into uh, this season. Uh, and specifically, I feel like they really, they worked very hard to change the, the perception from the first season like they mm-hmm. I feel like they they took all the criticism and they really worked to change and with the two main characters of Danny and Colleen I think they did a great job of um, creating arcs for both of them that were very interesting to watch um you know one that I was wasn't sure how I would respond to but I did think uh turned out to be very interesting was Ward
1: mm-hmm. and
0: his kind of slow redemption throughout this season and how it was so painful in some places to watch, but I felt like it was very realistic for somebody who's trying to come out of addiction mm-hmm. and that addiction has made him a huge D bag to everybody in his life. For most of his life but at the same time that addiction has also been driven by the fact that he was abused by his father Mm -hmm. you know so like there's there's a there is a reason for that and the fact that he's trying to come out of that and be a better person i thought was a i mean you wouldn't think of that oh a superhero story that's gonna be a good one i just appreciated that i
1: thought it was it was good I completely agree with you. I felt definitely felt the painfulness of watching some of the stuff that Ward did. Um, You know, you feel like he's such an awful person for sleeping with his sponsor in NA. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Like you're missing the point of why you're there, aren't you? (laughs) Um, But, you know, it, it did definitely make an interesting story even though they did defend a little bit saying where he came from and dealing with the abuse um, and then the back and forth relationship with his sister, it did feel like he really learned from his mistakes finally. And especially how hard it hit him when he found out that his girlfriend was pregnant. And that seemed to even more make him think, okay, I've learned what matters to me, and now I can't go back to being the way I used to be.
0: Yeah. No, I I 100% agree with you, I think. Um, I, I liked that they give in the show some of the basis for uh, the reasons for him to like turn to alcohol, to turn to opiates um, because of what happened to him. But I, I like that they also don't use that as an excuse. Mm-hmm for him to treat people badly and to continue on in this lifestyle that they that this season is very much about choices that people make and the fact that your choices define who you are and you know we see that with Danny and Colleen the choices they make lead to who they're going to be you know at, at the end of the season and Ward too I mean the choices that he makes he, he continually struggles to make the right choices mm-hmm. But by the end of the season, he's willing to, you know, leave everything that he knows and to go on this quest with Danny in a way to help find himself, but also to find his center in some ways. You right know? Um And I, the fact that he's kind of putting his life uh, in Danny's hands, I think, shows that he's and, and to help him. Um, I think that's the biggest thing like he's willing to let other people help him at this point and I really I thought that that was good you know like it's a great message and and I think it was portrayed well like he's mm-hmm. he's not my favorite character or anything but I do think that um, there were scenes with him in it that just they kind of break your heart
1: oh yeah and I think the best one to me was when it, he and Danny were just sitting just talking the two of them and When Danny tells the story about how he feels about the power of the Iron Fist and that he may not deserve it anymore, I love that they have Ward say, wow, I've listened to so many addicts tell the reason why they're in Addicts Anonymous or whatever. And he goes, and none of them hit home to me until what you just said and he said it's like someone finally understands what i'm going through and that when i have this power i feel so alive but when i'm not high anymore then i don't know what i have to live for and and then yes. their humor yes. even together was so funny you know he goes if you tell me something about my chi i'm going to smack you <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes no i totally agree and i think you're you're absolutely right because um the thing that they really did so well was the fact that they tied Danny and Ward's stories together with that idea of their that power being an addiction, that power can be another addiction. Like, and I, I think that's the thing that was so great about the season is that all things are good, right? It depends on how you use them. It right. depends on to what uh, you know. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with an opioid itself, right? but it's how you use it, right? right? There's nothing wrong with power, but again, it's how you use it. There's nothing wrong with alcohol. It's how you mm-hmm. use it. And it all comes down to the choices that we make about the things in our life uh, and and what we deem important and how we then um, treat ourselves with the choices that we make. Right. And so the fact that we, you, we're talking about that power can be just as much of addiction as somebody who's addicted to... A substance like alcohol or drugs it's so true and and, and you're just like you know that's it's a, all the same to me, <laughs> yeah it and it's a great it's a great message too because we just too many times we fall into the trap of telling stories about people who are in a place where um you know it is some sort of substance abuse or something like that or or they have been abused or something like that but you know Danny has this gift that he's been given and 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 that's the thing that I think is most interesting when you jump from from uh Ward and Danny then you look at Davos mm-hmm. right and Davos is the person where power truly is the drug mhm and he wants that power to be able to wield it and control everything that's around him and create this, this what he sees as kind of this utopia of, you know, perfect justice and everything like that.
1: And that power drives him mad pretty much. Yeah. I mean, to the point where he can't tell who's good versus bad anymore. It starts out like... The Punisher, sort of, where it's vigilante justice, where he's going, no, 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 I'm killing the people that are already bad people, so it's okay. And then he kills that poor restaurant owner who was just sending his daughter off to school. And the kids that he's training finally see, okay, we were following the wrong guy. He has absolutely lost it. I mean, because he didn't just kill him. He didn't just choke him. He punched his fist through the guy's stomach. That's a pretty awful person. (laughs)
0: I think that this is the thing that that was so disturbing about that is the way in which Davo sees everything in such a stark black and white that he cannot see the gray in that character in that moment. That that character has had such an experience with choosing a side and the way that that's destroyed his neighborhood, he doesn't want to choose a side. mm mm-hmm. And and therefore, it's not him saying he doesn't want justice. He doesn't want uh, peace in the neighborhood. What he's saying is he just wants to be out of it, right. He's like, just know? leave me and alone. <laughs> so, exactly, exactly. And I think um, I think that's the thing that's really interesting about that story
1: because Davos is incapable of seeing that. You know, I immediately thought only Sith deal in obs- absolutes. <laughs> But it's true, like, Uh, everything about Davos is, you know, I I think it's funny, because Joy makes fun of Davos all the time for it until things start to get creepy later. But, you know, she's like, well, you won't like Davos. He's no fun. He doesn't drink. He doesn't party. He doesn't date. He doesn't do anything. It's just all about his method. Uh, But, you know, in Davos's mind, he's being the most true to what he thinks he's supposed to be, you know, that you can't have all of these other things that are just distractions from the thing you're supposed to be doing in life. And unfortunately, the thing that he thinks he wants is actually the wrong thing. He actually just wants the power. He doesn't want to be a protector.
0: Right. Because he wants the power to make things his way. Right. And Instead of necessarily the right way, he doesn't really seem to even care about um, what's truly right or wrong because he begins to make right. He becomes the arbiter of what's right and wrong. Right. And he kills that 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 man there who's just trying to protect his family and stay out of everything. He calls that evil. He calls that bad. Um, And therefore, he puts him, basically, the power has made him, in his own mind, this God Mm -hmm. um, that gets to decide what is right and wrong. And that's the danger of this kind of power. And I think that's the thing that I really liked about, again, there's a lot of um, mirroring going on. And you see the mirror between Davos and Danny, And... You also get the backstory as to why Danny became the iron fist and not Davos in the first place.
1: That Davos's father saw it coming.
0: Yep. And he he called the fight. He didn't even let it finish because he realized who his son is as opposed to who Danny is. And yes, Danny is flawed and he has flaws, but he truly, I think, does come from a place of having a good heart. And we see that in this season where he gives up the power willingly and there are not many people in this world who'd be willing to relinquish power in this way and i think Mm -hmm. that's a that's a great story for us to see in this day and age a time where you know somebody would willingly lay down their power for others
1: right because ultimately danny sees it as serving others rather than ruling others and davos just wants to rule over everything like he's a god so i i totally agree and and i think too even you can see I, i like that they brought in that painting that misty finds from the art dealer where they're basically talking about the fight between good and evil with the dragon and um the power and you know that they're you can't let too much of the dragon in, and everything.
0: Well, and that's, um, I think there's a real uh, sense of
1: of foreboding there
0: about the and the idea of power. That when you begun when you begin to hold power for power's sake, instead of um, how you can use it to benefit others, that's where things go wrong, and that's where we, I think, get the big you know disconnect between Davos and what it means to be the iron fist mm-hmm. and I, I think also at the same time it's one of the places where the, danny i think is transcending the some of the teachings maybe of kunlun um and finding maybe a new path you know a better path mm-hmm. um you know so maybe he's the the last jedi of <laughs> the series so right Which I I thought was kind of leads me to to talk about Joy because unlike Ward in this season, she's the character whose anger and frustration and and kind of hate that comes from everything that happened in the first season and her feelings of betrayal lead her down a path that almost kills everyone
1: <laughs> and, and almost kills her. I mean, I definitely, I felt like something was coming that Davos was going to come for her because they kept alluding to it with Mary mentioning, don't trust that guy. Mm-hmm. And then when he actually does push her off the balcony, I gasped <laughs> because you just think, no, they're not going to go that far. And they, they did. I mean, thankfully she didn't die, but we thought she was. And, I mean, it's, it's true. She really doesn't learn anything until that moment.
0: It is interesting to me because there is this sense of her realizing that she's made a mistake. And she's trying to find a way for her to wiggle out of it. Instead of kind of truly owning what she's done. Mm-hmm. And find a way to move forward, which is the difference between her and Ward.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Whereas Ward is is finding a way to learn how to own his mistakes truly, Mm -hmm. and not blame other people for them, she spends a lot of the season blaming everybody else for what she's doing. Oh, yeah. And it's only kind of at the very, very end where we see her kind of slowly take responsibility for that. And then by the time she does, it's too late, really. Mm -hmm. Because even though she gets from under the thumb of Davos, she can't get out from under the thumb of walker mary slash typhoid mary whoever you know that she's turning into right um and i think that that's an interesting thing where it's it's like the consequences for her actions are are just starting to come to fruition
1: Mm -hmm. and it it's sad too because you see ward is doing so much better And that conversation he has with her, he says, I'm trying to say, I'm sorry. And I want to know what I can do to fix this. And I like it, but also I feel terrible for him when she says, I hear the words you're saying, but it can't, you can't make someone forgive you. I have to do that when I'm ready. And you can't just tell me when to do that. But from the same Mm -hmm. token, you understand how he feels and that he's like, I'm doing everything I can though. What else can I do? And she's like, there's nothing you can do.
0: Well, and I think that's, that's that place where you have to come to acceptance of, you know, what you can do and what you can't do Mm -hmm. and not be driven crazy by what it is that you can't do. Joy, I think finds herself in a place, especially by the end of the season where she is out of control uh of her situation and that out of controlness has been brought on by the decisions that she's made throughout the entire season and even though she found a way to kind of turn around and be a help to uh you know our our heroes she still finds herself in a place that has truly kind of hurt everything oh yeah um, and she the the person in the end i think that she's hurt not them the most but
1: quite a bit is herself. Oh yeah. I mean because she basically is the reason that Danny's power got taken from him in the first place. Yep. Yep. And at first she's very matter of fact and like, you know, I know what I did and I, I had justification for it, but then changes her mind.
0: Well, and and I think it's it's interesting too because I mean she takes it out on she takes it out on Danny, which is so strange to me because Of all the people here, Danny is the least guilty of everything she's charged him of. Mm -hmm. He was gone for most of that, um, that she's talking about. And then when he came back, this was a problem for him specifically and the Iron Fist to take care of. Mm -hmm. The the hand is the enemy of the Iron Fist and of Kan Lun. This this is his mission. So, you know, for her to kind of... uh, be upset about that and for them maybe not telling her because they're trying to keep her safe. Like it's just, yeah, it, it it's a one big misunderstanding and she takes it one way and she takes it so far that way that, yeah, she ends herself in a really horrible place um, because the newest character to the, all of this Walker, Mary slash who will become typhoid Mary in the C series and Alice Eve, um, who I you know I, I've always enjoyed. Is, she was in Star Trek uh, Into Darkness, and mm-hmm. then um, she's in a movie with Chris Pine, uh, Chris uh, not Chris Pine, uh, Chris Evans, called Before You Go. I think it is. It's mm-hmm. on. Um, yeah, you can find it on Netflix. I think that's the title of it. That I really like. I, I've always enjoyed her as an actress, but here, oh man, she's killer. I think she yes yes I she's so good I think in the role I mean the way that she plays both completely different one just like sticky sweet and and super nice and the other one is just so no nonsense and like you feel like is could kill you at any moment those switches are so well done in the way she portrays even the uh, like when rain happens mm-hmm. and like she just goes from one face to another and it's just it feels completely different. Really great job, I think. Um and again I, I find myself kind of wanting more of this story and where it's gonna go because of what she did with the character.
1: I completely agree. I definitely want more of her and would love to see if she's able to overcome anything that she's dealing with later on but it it was fascinating seeing how well she could control her own expressions changing so quickly like you were saying and i like even the extra creep factor they added where she goes to seek help from a therapist and he's asking if there could be a third personality and you're going, oh, there's more? <laughs> like, what if she just doesn't know that this other one is even worse than Walker is the one that killed all of those guys. And that's what got her kicked out of the army in the first place. So it's crazy. I really appreciate that.
0: Um, and I, I thought the thing that made it so interesting as a character as well is that, you know, she's somebody who, as Walker, she's calculating, she she studies her opponent so she knows how to take them down. Mm-hmm. She's deadly in and of herself, but it's her dedication uh to her craft that allows her to take somebody like, you know, Davos or the Iron Fist down. Um and I thought that was really neat as well because when you think of like this idea of like a meta hunter basically, um you know, somebody who who hunts people with powers, you would have to have her abilities but i think you would also have to be a very good detective as to figuring out the ways to counteract their abilities right. to allow you when you don't have any of your own so it's almost like that batman thing really uh, <clears throat> you know batman figures out all the ways to take down even somebody like a superman um and uh, he's just a normal dude right know? so all she did was study because, them yeah yep and I think that's really awesome. I really, I really like that. And again, I think the portrayal of her, and and I think Alice Eve uh, just did a really good job of of bringing her to life. And and you know, I would say you know, I feel like this show. You know, it's sad to me now that we know it's canceled and it won't be getting a third season because of all of the Netflix Marvel shows this one has left me the most interested to see where it goes because it ends on that massive like not really cliffhanger but it just ends with this thing that leaves you wanting more right and so i truly hope that they don't abandon the series um, that they either do something where it's like, you know, Luke Cage and Iron Fist team up in a series and then we get that, you know, Daughters of the Dragon kind of thing with Misty and Colleen. Mm-hmm. So we get more of the continuation of this. Um, or, you know, maybe once we get the Disney streaming service, they'll just pick up the series and, and do it then. But I, I think it would I, I think it would be and I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but I think it would be a real travesty if we don't see a third season to really kind of wrap up. I, I feel like you could do a third season and kind of wrap everything up, you know? Yeah.
1: Oh, I completely agree. And I I think personally, it's probably going to go to Disney. I hope. That's my best case scenario is that Disney just decided they wanted to do it on their own service instead of with Netflix.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess we'll see. Um, you know, and, and I could actually... I mean, it makes sense for Disney to do that. Yeah. I mean, we know that they're going to be pulling off everything they can of theirs from other streaming services whether it's just movies or tv shows or anything like that so um i would not be surprised to see these series show up there so crossing my fingers but i i guess you know we've talked a lot and i feel like we've had really good things to say so i'm kind of interested to see where you come down for a rating for iron fist season two
1: i think that Sometimes I rate things a little too high, but I don't think I did in this scenario. And I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10 dragon tattoos because it it really had so much more depth of story than season one had. And even more than I felt Daredevil or Luke Cage had in a lot of places with the the reasons they gave for all of the characters motivations and then adding in typhoid mary gave it more weight and more um creep factor i think it just had so much that i couldn't wait to get more of and that every episode was essential and so i i rate it an 8 out of 10
0: so you're saying colleen is now the girl with the dragon tattoo
1: oh (laughs) (laughs) but yes she did have a cool tattoo
0: yeah um you know it's it's very funny because I think that for me, if I was gonna rank the seasons that I like the best, it's Daredevil season one slash Punisher and then this, which is shocking to me right you never would have um, thought that before no, no, I would not, and so i I say that this is I'd say this is eight out of ten you know old bowls. You know, that you have to put blood in and all of, you know. Oh, gross, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Old bowls. Uh, but no, I'm absolutely right there with you. I, I think this is a fantastic season. And I think like Daredevil season one, like Punisher, and then like this this season two, these are all seasons where the stories feel cohesive through each episode. And they all build really well together to create a, a nice whole of a season Where you really feel like you were rewarded for watching the season and there wasn't a time where you just sat there watching an episode and thought, I guess
1: I gotta suffer through this one. Well, I felt the way for 1 and 2, but not 3 through 10.
0: (laughs) Yeah, see, um, I guess it just had me the whole way, so... Yeah. Well, well done. Iron Fist season two, hopefully get, you know, Iron Fist season three, the three fists um, <laughs> when, you know, whenever, uh, but, uh, so excited, you know, last show of the year. So thank you so much for everybody who listens to the 602 club every year. Um, you know, do the best we can to have, uh, as many shows as possible come out every year. Um, you know, I, I think every year we definitely exceed having 52 episodes a, a year um, with the supplementals we end up doing and everything. So just wanted to say, um, from me to, to all the listeners, uh, thank you for being here. I appreciate, you know, I have amazing guests who come on and it just makes it a pleasure to get to talk about this stuff, you know, with people like Christy or, you know, John Mills, John Champion, uh, Bruce Gibson. I mean, the list goes on and on about uh, uh, the amazing people that, that I've gotten to meet through the show. So, um, Make sure uh, that uh, you support the network through Patreon. I have uh, some amazing associate producers here through Patreon. Ken Tripp, Davis Grayson, Ryan Millette, and Daniel Noah. Uh, I really appreciate these guys and their support of the show. But more importantly, I appreciate that they want to support the network of Trek FM and make sure all the shows that we do keep coming to each and every week. Uh, This is a really big enterprise. It's a huge network that we have. We have a show coming out almost every single day, sometimes two shows a day. And so... Uh, Because of that, um, it costs a lot to do this. So um, go over to patreon.com slash trek.fm and see how you can be part of the team. Support us. We've got some great contribution levels, but honestly, every little bit helps. So again, that's patreon.com slash trek.fm. Uh, Christy, uh, it has been so much fun this year actually having you on the 602 Club. You know, You joined all of the Bond episodes that we did and... Um, you know, the fact that we've gotten to do some some other episodes as well together this season. I'm excited to have you back next year. But um, where could everybody
1: find you online if they want to catch up with you, talk to you
0: about Iron Fist or anything else that you're doing in the geek
1: world? Yeah, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Bespin Bell, B E L L E. And I love talking about all the Marvel shows, um, as well as any of the Bond movies we've gone over. Um, it, I, I love Star Wars especially, but all of those other things too. Um, and I'm officially a member of the 501st Legion. Woo and uh and i'm also um have been on a show co-hosting with my friend Teresa delgado called galactic fashion um but we are actually ending that show and um hopefully starting a new project so stay tuned for that um and then in the meantime of course i'll still be coming in here on 602 club as long as matt will have me oh well
0: that'll be a while then so (laughs) um
1: <laughs> of course, you can
0: also find me everywhere. Um, I'm on the moniker Matt Rushing02 on all the main places you want to find me, Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, all great places to follow me. Um, So I hope you will uh, do that in those places. Um, Also, you can find me here on the network doing uh, The Orb with Chris Jones talking about Star Trek Deep Space Nine. You can also find me on the Nerd Party Network doing two shows. One is Aggressive Negotiations with John Mills, where every week we talk about something fun in the Star Wars galaxy. Uh, So I hope you'll check that out. And of course, you can also find me on Owlpost with Dre. If you're a Harry Potter fan, this is the perfect place for you because we are walking through every single chapter of the Harry Potter series one chapter at a time. Uh, If you've read the books, never. If you're just reading them, or maybe you've read them a hundred times, this is the show for you. Uh, And then last but not least, I do a show with my friend Courtney called Cinema Stories, and that is where we talk about films but through the lens of faith. But thank you so much for joining us, and y'all come back now, you hear?
1: Oh, oh, oh.